Pastor Chooks Obina Ogoye. Pastor Chooks is the lead pastor of Resurrection Life Church in Johannesburg. He is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God and has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. Pastor Chooks has been involved and active in marketplace ministries. He's an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. He has taught and facilitated many leadership and entrepreneurship courses and seminars. He is the host of broadcast programs on Facebook, YouTube, and several podcast channels. Living the life with Pastor Chooks, the amazing power of woman. Thank God, it's Friday. Good evening, welcome, welcome, and another welcome. Uh, this is Dr. Chucks Go here. We are sharing episode 239, episode 239 of our online masterclass, Understanding the Goodness of God. Understanding the Goodness of God. We have been sharing on the character of the God we serve. We are... Uh, getting to know him, we are getting to see him from many perspectives so that we can know him. And why do we need to know him? <laughs> he actually desires that we know him. He actually desires it deeply that his people know him thoroughly. Uh, the more we know him, the more we can walk with him, the more we can cooperate with him to birth his purposes in the earth. Bible says those that know their God they become strong. So the more you know him, the stronger you become. And the stronger you are, the more exploits you can, you can perform, the more exploits you can do. Uh, so, so God desires for us to know him. He, he has revealed himself in his word. Uh, so, so this journey of studying the goodness of God is about knowing God. It's about really knowing who he is and his true character. Um, and, 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 and then from what we know, about him, we're able to walk with him. We're able to uh, resist the devil. <laughs> we're able to defeat the enemy. We're able to uh, uh, foil the plans of the devil and mess up the things that the enemy uh, tries to throw around each time. All right? And then for, for the last 15 episodes, uh, actually 17 episodes, we have been sharing on the goodness of God and stubborn problems. And we have looked at it. Uh, in 15 episodes in that series, we started a little series that we did two, 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 two episodes and, and all addressing this issue of the goodness of God and stubborn problems. Stubborn problems is a phenomena that everybody will encounter at one point or the other. Stubborn problems, problems that refuse to go. Stop problems that you are praying but they are not responding. That's, you know... Um, you are fasting and you are, you know, seeking change in a situation, but it's not, it's not happening. And we, we all face those as, as believers. We face it as believers. So, so we, we're trying to understand how do, we, how do we reconcile that with the character of a good God? How does a good God uh, feel about situations that you are calling on his name to change? And the situations are not responding. All right. We have identified a number of things. Number one, God is not the author of stubborn problems. No, he, no. Stubborn problems is as a result of other phenomena 
God is not the author of stubborn problems. Number two, uh, we, we say that while there may be stubborn problems and they come from the spirit of disobedience, God is, has an agenda. He, God, the way God is, he's able to, to uh, use things that the enemy, you know, had other sinister plans around. God is able to turn it around. Scripture says that, that we know that all things work together for our good because he's a good God. All things work together for our good because he uh, said so when you love God and you are one of those called according to his purpose, he makes all things work together for your good. So, so, so even the stubborn problem is working for you in ways that are different from maybe how you expected it to turn out, but the stubborn problem is actually working for you. Uh, and so, so we, we've looked at it from different perspectives. Tonight, we want to go further. We want to go further. When you are, one of, one of the questions we've asked this week is, what is the devil? What is he trying to achieve uh, through this stubborn problem? Mm -hmm. we, we have identified that the spirit of disobedience, which is the spirit of the enemy anyway, is behind all stubborn problems. So, so, so a problem becomes stubborn and refuses to change because there's a spirit behind it. It's, a, it's called the spirit of disobedience. It, it just chooses not to comply, chooses not to obey, chooses to be rebellious. You're commanded to go. It stay, refuses to listen and stays there. You command the mountain to move. Instead of the mountain to move, the mountain just remains there watching and looking at you. That's the spirit of disobedience. Okay? And we say, what is the devil trying to do with the spirit of disobedience? And we, we, um, um, we said that he is trying to frustrate you. He's trying to... Uh, push you to a corner so that you can uh, get, get very weary and opt out of the program of God, become disaligned with God or misaligned with God. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. When the enemy you know, tempted Adam and his wife, what, his objective was to get them to disobey God so that they are misaligned. And the moment they are misaligned with God, then you know, Satan can have his way. And that's exactly what he did. And guess what? That's the, what he tries to do to a stubborn problem, to get you to be misaligned with God. You know, uh, stop believing God, stop trusting God, stop counting on God, stop looking to God, and then resort to your own uh, ways to try and solve the problem. Resort to your own ways to try and help yourself. And that's the temptation. You know, the temptation is to push you to go try to help yourself. But that devil is a liar. <laughs> the devil is a liar. Today, I, I want to um, look at it again. There's something that happens when we are dealing with stubborn problems. Let, let, let's look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Yeah, the Bible says... It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Now, now there's something we see here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The enemy is interested in a sick heart. He wants your heart to become sick. He wants your heart to become sick. 
So he, de he defies hope with stubbornness. You know, the, 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 the spirit of disobedience is out to make a, a problem stubborn to go away so that the hope of the answer, hope of solution is deferred. Then the heart of the person involved becomes sick. Why does he want your heart to be sick? Because Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life, the forces of life. They come out of your heart. So, so when your heart is sick, <laughs> the forces of life cannot flow. When your heart is sick, you can't even, you can't even you know, sustain a harmonious relationship with people around you because your heart is sick. Relationship is a heart thing. So when the heart is sick, you can't connect with your loved ones. You can't you know, really love your spouse, love your children, love your God, love the people of God and because the heart is sick. So, and, and, and a sick heart... He can't really pursue destiny, can't really fulfill the program of God. So, so can you see what the devil is trying to do? He makes the heart sick so that the dest destiny can be corrupted, destiny can be delayed, destiny can be messed up. And, and, and that's why he's doing that. So once, once you know this, once you know this, you're not going to allow your heart to become sick. You're, gonna, you're not going to allow your heart to become sick. You see, the, the issue of deferred hope, you know, you, you can choose in the midst of the delay, in the midst of the stubborn problem, uh, the answer not coming, you, you can choose to, to see it differently. Mm, that's what I'm saying. You can choose to see it differently. You can, you, can, you can refuse for your hope to be deferred. Let me show you something. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. You see, the more we understand this truth, the, the, the easier it is for us to deal with the complexities of life. Okay? You know, it's, it's, okay, let's, let's, let's just do this. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Um, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the Father of mercies it's important to note that and god of all comfort there is the father of mercies and god of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation some version of the bible say in all our troubles some version of the bible say in all our afflictions so so this stubborn problem is an affliction is some trouble you know whatever it is it, it creates it's creating discomfort and distress for you but bible says there's a god who comforts us in all our tribulation, in all our affliction, in all our distresses, that, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, in other words, you may be dealing with a stubborn problem. But understand that God is training you for ministry. You may be dealing with a very stubborn situation, but understand that while the enemy is trying to make life difficult for you, trying to defer your hope so that your heart becomes sick, God is actually training you to be able to minister to other people, to be able to take what he is, he is uh, accomplishing in your life, the comfort that he's giving you, 
the, 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 the consolation that he's giving you at this time, he wants to train you so that you can use it to comfort others. The Bible says he is the God of mercies. He's the father of mercy. So, so, so there's a mercy for you in the midst of every, every, listen to me, in every stubborn situation that you're facing, in any situation that you're facing, the stubborn problem that you are, you are confronting, the mercy of God is available for you there. Scripture says he is a very present help in a time of trouble. In a time of difficulty, in a time of, you know, distress, is a very present help. So the mercies of God are available even though you are facing a stubborn problem. Please hear what I'm saying. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on yourself. You know, part of the problem why the enemy wins this thing all the time in the life of many believers is because they don't understand these things that I'm teaching. They don't understand that God is for them. God is absolutely good. And because they don't know the goodness of God, and because they carry that imprint that came from Adam, that God is not good, they carry that imprint in their subconsciousness, they judge God wrongly. In the midst of what they are facing, they judge God wrongly. They blame it on God. They, 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 they put it on God. They say, God, you are the one. God, you are the one. I want to I I show you something. Let, let, me, let me show you something. Um, I, I, I saw something very, very interesting in, in Genesis. I saw something very interesting in Genesis. Genesis chapter 16. Let, let me show you something. Genesis 16. Yeah, verse 1. Genesis 16. This is, you know, we, we've talked about Abraham and Sarah facing a stubborn problem of barrenness, okay? Childlessness. And it's, it's dragging now. This is 13 years into their promise and it's not happening. Bible says, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, see now, this is the problem. See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Is that true? Is that true? The Lord has restrained me. They are blaming God. Sarah blamed God on the matter. Sarah did not understand this thing that I've been teaching for the last couple of weeks now. You know, 18 episodes, or 16 episodes or so. He, he, Sarah doesn't understand it. Sarah didn't understand that faith in the goodness of God will wear down the spirit of disobedience. Faith in the goodness of God. She didn't have faith in the goodness of God. She said, God, seeing that God restrained me from having children, is it really God that restrained her from having children? <laughs> there was a stubborn problem they were dealing with, but it wasn't God that restrained her. So she's, she's blaming God. And, 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 and because she blamed God, look at what happened next. She, she resorted to the flesh. She, she resorted to the flesh. And, and asked that Abraham sleep with their slave, Hagar, because she, she, she blamed God. This is what happens. Whenever we are blaming God for uh, the delay, for the stubborn problem, we end up going to Egypt <laughs> to depend on the flesh. We end up giving birth to Ishmael because we are blaming God. That's the truth. Because we are blaming God. Sarah blamed God. God, you are the one who is restraining me from having a child. 
So, let me come up with a plan. Well, I'm saying to you tonight, God is not behind the delay. God is not behind the stubborn problem. God is not behind what is going on. No, it's not God. God is on your side. The Father of mercies wants to comfort you. He wants to console you. <laughs> the Bible calls him the God of all comfort, not the God of affliction. He's not the God of affliction. He's not the God of uh, 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 hassle and distress. No, he's the God of all comfort. That's who he is. He's a good God. He pours out comfort. So, so we, we need to reach out to receive comfort from him so that we can comfort others. So why he's not behind the delay, he can walk through the delay. He can walk through the delay to prepare you for ministry, to prepare you to be a blessing to other people, to prepare you to be a blessing to the whole world. So it's working for you. When you look at it, it's working for you. So, so one of the things that the enemy is wanting is so that you, you, your heart becomes sick, your heart becomes tired. And you know, when your heart is sick, it's what we call discouragement, disenfranchisement, uh, delusion, uh, confusion. I mean, it comes in different names, but it's the same phenomena. When your heart is sick, you become discouraged. You become disenfranchised. And that's what the devil wants. I want you to decide, this stubborn problem will not make me become confused. This stubborn problem will not make me become disenfranchised. This stubborn problem will not, become, will not make me become discouraged. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I am not going to accept uh, less than, you know, God has dished out for me because you are discouraged. No, you mustn't be discouraged. Hallelujah. You know, you know we, when we study the word of God, we see different people who faced different problems and how they resolved uh, uh, this, this temptation. I, I want to show you something regarding Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Bible says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, given glory to God. But was strengthened in faith, given glory to God. So, so how did Abraham manage the seasons of dealing with this stubborn problem? Bible says he, he gave glory to God. Why would he give glory to God? He, he chose to see the father is doing something beautiful here. The father is working for me. Something is happening for me. It's for my, it's for my good. It's for my upliftment. It's for my encouragement. And he began to give glory to God. So if you can see what God is doing, then glory and praise and gratitude will come out of your mouth. If you can see what God is doing. So it's your choice to, to see what the enemy is doing or to see what God is doing. Because at the same time, while the devil is working to frustrate you by making the spirit of disobedience reinforced, you know, giving the spirit of disobedience steroids to drink so that it's just more stubborn. God is working something. So, so can you find out what God is doing and focus on it? When you see what God is doing, it will produce gratitude. It will produce thanksgiving. The Bible says that he was strengthened in faith. So his faith was not worn down. His faith was not, was not discouraged. His faith was not uh, di uh, 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 diminished. 
No, his faith got stronger and stronger. Why? Because he focused on what God is doing. That's how you deal with stubborn problems. Focus on what God is doing. What is God doing in the situation? What is God doing now? What is God doing where you are? Focus on it. Focus on it. And when you do, it will produce gratitude. When you do, it will produce thanksgiving. When you do, it will produce you giving glory to his name. And your faith will keep going from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Do you know that it is strong faith that eventually overpowers and overwhelms the spirit of disobedience? Can you see? It's strong faith. So, so how do you keep your faith strong when you are facing a stubborn problem? Look for what God is doing. Focus on what God is doing. Yes, that's it. Focus on what God. Figure out what God is. What is God teaching you? What is God doing for you here? What is God trying to pump into your life? What is God trying to invest in you and, and install in you? Once you can see what God is doing and stay focused on it, gratitude will come out of your mouth. Because whatever God is doing is for your good. Whatever God is doing is for your lifting. Whatever God is doing is for your up, up, uh, 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 upliftment. Yes. So, so look out for what God is doing, not what the enemy is doing. Look at, the, look at this scripture in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. It's, it's important. That's, you, you need to know God and understand his ways. Look at this in, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. In other words, do not be discouraged. Do not yield to discouragement easily. Do not. He said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. To be dismayed means to be discouraged, to have a sick heart. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Ho, 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 ho. What, 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 what is this scripture saying? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God can still be with you and there will be situations that tend to discourage you. Ah, God can still be with you and there are situations or circumstances despite the presence of God in your life, despite the hand of God upon you, there are situations that want to dismay you, that want to discourage you, yet God is with you. Don't let the devil tell you that God left you because you are dealing with a stubborn problem. God can be with you and yet, and the stubborn problem still be there. Oh, let me say it again. God can still be with you and you are still dealing with a stubborn problem. You know, many times the devil says, if God is with you, how come you're having this problem? If God is with you, how come you haven't gotten married? If God is with you, how come the sickness hasn't gone? If God is with you, how come your spouse hasn't changed? If God is with you, how come the situation with the finances hasn't turned around? The, the, those are lies of the devil. God can be with you and you are dealing with a situation that tends to discourage you. That's what we read here. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. God is with you, but be strong. God is with you. Be of good courage. God is with you. Do not be afraid. God is with you. Do not be dismayed. So God can be with you and things are trying to make you afraid. God can be with you and things are trying to make you, you know, be, to be discouraged, to be dismayed, to be weary. Yet God is still with you. Now, this is, this, the key is here. If God is with you and you are not looking at what God is doing while he's with you, you will submit to fear. You will submit to discouragement. You will submit to weariness because you are not seeing what God is doing. Ah, did you get it? Did you get it? 
See, see, fear is overwhelming you because you are not seeing what God is doing while you are dealing with a stubborn problem. God is with you. Focus on it. Let's say, say have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be strong. How, what, what brings strength? Those that know their God shall be strong. So he's saying to Joshua, know your God. Know your God and walk with him when he's with you. Know what he's doing. Know him. Know him. Figure out his, his behavior, why he's with you. That's how you can be strong. <laughs> There's no strength without the knowledge of God. He said, have I not commanded to be strong and of good courage? And of good courage. So because he is with you and you focus on him, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Did you hear that? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not. When I read that scripture in the book of Hebrews, you know, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not. You know, that, that's very powerful. And, and what it means is, I am with you. Even though you're facing a stubborn problem, I am with you. Focus on me. So, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know the nature of the stubborn problem you're dealing with. But God is with you. So can you turn your eyes away from the stubborn problem, from what the devil is doing to what God is doing? What is God doing? What is God doing? When you figure out what God is doing, the effect will be strength. The effect will be encouragement. The effect, oh yes, the effect will be you drawing from what God is doing. You giving him glory. Thanksgiving coming out of your mouth when you figure out what God is doing. So, so don't, don't let the devil take your eyes away from Jesus. Take your eyes away from the Holy Spirit. Take your eyes away from the workings of God. No. Resist the temptation. So what is God doing? What is God doing while I'm facing this stubborn problem? What is God doing? Let me side with God because God is on my side. God is working for me. God loves me. God is a good God to me. I, and le So let me side with him and... And, and receive whatever he's doing because he's working for me. He is in my favor. He is on my side. So, so let, me, let me collaborate with him. And as we do that, it changes your disposition of heart. That gratitude starts flowing. Joy starts flowing. <laughs> uh, 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 thanksgiving starts flowing. Yes. Look at I, I, um, Psalm 42 verse 11. Psalm 42 Verse 11. Are you getting something tonight? Psalm 42 verse 11. The Bible says, <laughs> this is uh, the psalmist David. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God, hope in God. So he was dealing with a situation that was almost making him hopeless. That's one of the things that stubborn problems want to do. They want to make you hopeless. They want to make you hopeless. You know, hopeless that you will never have that child. Hopeless that you will die in that sickness. Hopeless that you will die in, in, in being broke. Hopeless that you will die in, you know, in, 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 in that situation. That the marriage will die and you will not be able to re, you know, uh, restore uh, joy and peace in your home. Hopeless. That's what he wants to do. 
But the psalmist is saying here, why are you cast down, O my soul? He's even saying, you know, it's, it's almost like I'm surprised that you're cast down. Well, let me encourage somebody. If you are feeling, you know, uh, down, don't beat yourself. You're human. The psalmist felt that way. <laughs> the, 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 the prophet David felt that way. The king David felt that way. So don't beat yourself too much. It, it, it happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. So while this, this man of God here was facing, you know, whatever it was that was, uh, you know, bringing him discouragement and bringing him heaviness, he, 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 he was encouraging himself. So see him now speaking to himself in the third person. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? In other words, why are you troubled? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. He's telling himself, hope in God. Hope in God. Put your focus on God. Hope in him. For I shall yet praise him. Because when you are, you, your hope is turned around and there is hope now, praise will start coming out of your mouth. The help of my countenance and my God. That's, that, 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 you know, that's brilliant. God is on your side. You've got to recognize it. Don't let the devil, devil tell you God has walked away. God is not paying attention. God is not mindful of you. That's, that is all lies. It's all lies. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, if you're feeling cast down, you can actually do what the psalmist did. Speak to yourself in a third person. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. You speak to yourself, hope in God. Put your faith in God. I speak hope to you now. I speak faith to you now. That you, that's, that's how you overcome, you know, in those days that, that things are tight and things are looking rough and gloomy. Hallelujah. Psalm 6, verse 6. Psalm number 6, verse 6. Psalm 6, verse 6. The, the Bible says, I am weary with my groaning all night. I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. This person is shedding tears, secret tears. You know, what makes a person come to a place where they're shedding secret tears? <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's actually a sign that you are discouraged. When you keep crying, you know, in secret, you keep crying. And if you, that is you, this stubborn problem has really brought you to the place where you are so overwhelmed. You soak your bed with tears all night. I speak comfort to you. May the God of all comfort comfort you. May the God of all comfort encourage you. You are, you are on the verge of discouragement. Yeah. It's discouragement that makes people shed tears like this. You know, and, and, and for, that, for that tear that you've shed, for your shame, God will give you double. For your shame, God will give you. For every night you've cried, for every day that you have shed tears in secret about this situation, God will turn it around for you in the name of Jesus. You know, some people, when they are facing discouragement, they start having suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts. Uh, you know, they, they, they want to end it all. And, and you may be in that place where you are, you know, uh, being barraged by suicidal thoughts. Let me tell you something. You're not, you're not by yourself. 
You're not on your own. God, God is standing with you. Those suicidal thoughts, the enemy is wanting to push it on you so much that you will accept them and then act on them. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's what he wants with the stubborn problem that you're facing. That's what he wants. He wants to overwhelm you and you know, pump those suicidal thoughts so that you can act on them. Don't do that. You know, if you find yourself being constantly barraged by thoughts of giving up, you are constantly, you know, you are overwhelmed with thoughts of giving up. Give up on the marriage. Give up on the business. Give up on the ministry. Give up on, that's the enemy. It, those are the things that happen when the heart grows weary. You start feeling like, I should give up. I should drop the dream. I should abandon it. Don't, don't, don't give in to the devil. No, don't give in to the devil. You know, some of the things that discouragement can do is to bring you to a point where you don't even feel like praying. Prayer is such a burden. Prayer is hard. You can't focus on God because, you know, a part of you says God is the one who is not answering you. So, so you, you turn your eyes away from God and, you know, uh, and that's what the enemy wants. For you to take your eyes away from God and focus on something else and, and try to help yourself. Try to put in the arm of flesh since God has failed you. L listen to me, child of God. God is not the one. As I've shown you, you know, Sarah wrongly, erroneously blamed God. Sarah erroneously blamed God. God is not the one who held back the babies from her. And I'm saying to you, God is not the one. So, so don't, don't, don't turn off on God and stop praying and stop focusing on God. You know, some people even withdraw from fellowship. They don't want to fellowship with, with the people of God. They don't want to go to church anymore. They, you know, <laughs> and a lot of that happened during the pandemic. People turned off on God because uh, things became so tough and they were crying for help and the situations were not changing. They withdrew from fellowship. They withdrew from God. They withdrew from God's people. Those are wrong responses. Those are very wrong responses. I pray today that, the, that the, the, this message would have encouraged you. If you have done any of these wrong things because you had become weary and become tired and you didn't understand what God is doing and you didn't know how to you know, turn to God and, and learn what God is doing and cooperate with God, well, here you are now. You've got the truth. I pray for you to be encouraged. I pray for you to be strengthened. I pray for you that grace will, will come through for you in this season. I pray that that stubborn problem turn around and a breakthrough comes for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm done for tonight. God bless you. We will continue uh, as we continue to investigate the subject of the goodness of God. Good night. Bye-bye. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful, and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence, clout and strength. Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website, .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.